Well, hello and welcome to Dietcast. My name's Erin, and today we're bringing you a special episode of our Dietland Recap Podcast because I've got a very special guest with me. Uh, Melissa, I wonder if you could introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. My name is Melissa Navia. I'm an actor, I'm a writer, uh, just an all-around storyteller, and I had the great pleasure to be on Dietland, um, and I played one of the Jennifers. I played Moana. So I'm thanking you guys for having me on and for championing our show as much as you have been. We really loved that show. I was going to say, I don't know if you can or or want to comment about the cancellation, but I'll come back to that later on. Definitely. Uh, But just to maybe rewind to the beginning, how did you even find out about Dietland? Sure. So um, it actually started a bunch of months before we started filming. Um, My manager in Los Angeles, uh, you know, got me this audition. I'm based in New York and uh, I put myself on tape for the character of Lita. And uh, I loved, I loved the sides. I loved the character. It gave me a lot to play with. And um, it's funny when you're an actor and you do like self tapes are, are a thing that happens a lot now because of technology and you can be based anywhere really and, you know, get in front of casting directors and producers. But there is a, a part of self taping that you kind of feel like they're going into a black hole, you know, you never hear from them. So when you do hear back, you're like, oh, that's amazing. And not only did I hear back, but I heard that, um, you know, I was getting a producer session out of it. So when they were coming to New York, so from that uh, initial audition, I was able to meet um, all the producers uh, here in the city. And um, and then when I met all of them, it was interesting because it was the first time I'd been in a session where there were so many female producers. And that shouldn't even be something you have to mention, but it was to me, it was it was very cool. Uh, and Marty Noxon and um, and her team were, were in the room and uh, and I read for the role. And then they were like, you know, we loved it. We were thinking about you for other things. And, uh, and then they just kind of kept bringing me back. And uh, I finally got an offer for um, the character of Moana. And, and that was, so that probably all started maybe around in the fall. Uh, and then we started filming, I think, in March of last year. So when I got the offer for this role, at this point, I had already read the book. And I was really um, in love with the characters, um, in love with, the, with what they were doing. And yeah, it just felt like that kind of thing where the role that I got was, I felt, perfect uh, for me. And I was very happy to be able to, to tell that story through, through the character that, that they gave me. And was there something in particular about the story that made you want to be a part of this production? I mean, I think definitely reading the book, um, for anybody who's seen the show and hasn't read the book, I recommend you definitely read it. It was just something that like, it opened my eyes to a lot of things that that we see around us all the time, but it made connections that maybe I hadn't thought of before. And, and it also brought to the, the foreground this idea of, of women's anger and rage and what happens when it's suppressed. And it just, it got me so, so energized. Um, and the character, the group of, of Jennifer and, and kind of what that stands for, there's just something about it and with everything that's happening um, in headlines today and in our world, all the wonderful things that are happening and, and the stories that are coming out. It just felt not only that it was timely, but that it was necessary. Um, and so, you know, to be a part of it, I was, I was, I was really, truly, it was, it was so funny because even when I, when I found out I got the role, it wasn't even so much like, oh my God, this is amazing. It was just very like, yeah, this is, this is what should be happening. And so I was, I was very happy to be a part of, um, of what we were creating. 
I know um, from your Twitter profile that you have a background also in stunts. And and so I was kind of hoping we'd get to see a bit more from Moana on that front. Totally. And uh, and I think uh, what they were setting up at the end of season one was, was for some exciting things in season two, um, and especially what Plum was going to do um, with Jennifer. So uh, I definitely, I get a lot of... Um, kind of work and, and the attention when I get certain roles with kind of my stunt background, my martial arts background. Um, and I like doing things that are physical. Yeah, I was looking forward to doing more of it. Uh, and hopefully in, in, some, in some fashion, some way that will, that will come to fruition. No, it's interesting because aside from your acting and then um, you know, your martial arts background you just talked about, you also perform stand-up comedy? Yes. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, I started stand up uh, a couple of years ago and it was, it was in response to, I had wanted to do it for a while. And, uh, most of my roles and most of uh, what people know me from are dramatic. So when the people who know me the best, my sisters, my, my closest friends, they were, they were like, stand up doesn't seem kind of your thing. Um, and then people I know who I think are very, very funny. Um, they were, they were just like stand up to us is, is the scariest thing. Like, you know, what are you doing? Um, but to me as a, as a writer, I felt it was the best way to be able to tell my own stories and experiences. Like, I don't think of myself naturally as a, as a funny person growing up, but I, when I tell of my own, uh, you know, kind of experiences in this world, that's what comes out and it comes out in a way that, um, that is humorous and that people can relate to and people can take something from it. So, uh, when I started, it was actually, I had, uh, lost out on a big role that kind of made me, you know, think about what I was doing in this industry and, and how sometimes as an actor, you can feel, uh, a little bit like uh, a lot like control is out of your hands. So you really have to take that back by creating your own work. And I, I do a lot of writing uh, on my own. So I was just like, and I also missed, I miss doing live theater. I miss being in front of, a, of an audience. So, so I ended up doing a class at the comedy cellar, which was amazing. And I recommend it to anybody uh, if they're in the city and thinking about it. Um, and because for me, I really wanted to like work on something for eight weeks and, and then get into it. And I did, and I loved it. And um I still, one of the best uh, feelings was being on stage and hearing the relief of my sisters in the audience, not only like laughing, but I could just hear the relief of like, oh my God, she's funny. You know, thank <laughs> God we, we don't have to like jump any hecklers. You know, it wasn't that kind of thing. I was like, no, she actually knows what she's doing. Um, so yeah, stand up has been wonderful and I hope to be doing a lot of it um, this coming year. So. Well, we like that because Susie's my co-host on the show and I are both former comedians. And I think we're also the kind of people where those who know us might say, Ugh, are, are they really that funny? <laughs> so it's uh, it's interesting how you can kind of take the way you walk through the world and, and package it in humor. Right. And the thing too is like when you meet people and, and they hear you, you do stand up, they're like, tell us a joke. And I'm like, that's not how it works. You know, it's like, <laughs> you just can't like, you know, be at a bar and be like, ah, you know, get up on stage. I can get up on stage and I can do an act and I can tell you a story and I can do all these sorts of things. Um, but I definitely being on stage, I'm, I'm comfortable. Um, when you're a performer, you kind of, you work to, you know, you, you adapt to the audience that you have. That was, that's been very cool. Like you see how you know, you can do something that's amazing in a group of, you know, in an audience of 200 people, and then you're in an audience of 15 other comedians, and the same jokes you were doing, the same stories you were telling aren't resonating in the same way, so you have to adjust. Um, and it's also improv, you know, comes into a lot of it, and being able to to kind of feel the room. Um, and in a lot of ways, that's helped uh, enhance, you know, my work on screen. Now, 
Dietland was using TV to tell progressive stories or progressive stories we don't hear often enough. Do you think stand-up can be used in that same way? Oh, definitely. Um, I think, you know, stand-up, just like like any art form, it's, it's, it's there to entertain. It's there to give us, you know, respite from, you know, whatever we do in the world. Uh, but it's also just like art. It's there to make you uncomfortable. Um, and it's there to maybe shake up things that, that you thought you understood completely and give you a different perspective. So yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I definitely love about it because it's given me an opportunity to tell stories in a way that I just, I haven't yet found kind of the best way to do it. Um, you know, in another form, like on stage, I can, I can really kind of open up to people and, and, um, and give them a, a view of, of me in a way that they haven't seen in any of the roles I've played. Um, and I think right now too, there's a lot going on with, uh, you know, with comedy that's coming out that, that are, that people are kind of questioning, well, you know, is everything really funny? Like I love, uh, I love a lot of, there's some comedians out there who, you know, who get very upset when, when people kind of question some of the things they're doing, they're like, Oh, everything's funny. You know, 20 years ago, you know, see what people were doing. And I was like, yeah, 20 years ago, you know, some things that maybe everybody thought was, was funny is, is not as funny anymore. And I think that's okay because we're supposed to be evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get a kick out of, uh, you know, when somebody, other, you know, I, I, I know a lot of comics um, and here, especially in the in the New York City community. Um, but when you see kind of you hear about a stand up routine or a stand up comedian who's out there doing uh, doing comedy that maybe is is asking questions that weren't asked before. And, and you'll hear somebody on, you know, on social media, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, but but was it funny? You know, I know it, it riled people, but was it funny? And usually when you hear a comic asking and getting defensive about what someone's presenting, I usually find that those people aren't probably very funny themselves. Oh, right. um, and one example I think of is, uh, is I know everyone's heard of it now from Netflix, but Nanette by mm-hmm. Hannah Gatsby. I, I had the uh, good fortune of seeing it when it was here in the city. Um, oh, wow. I saw, yeah, I saw it live and it was in a small venue. Um, and it was, I have never laughed so hard and also, cried like in a space like that and I'd gone by myself I just looked up you know something that I felt was going to be good for a Sunday afternoon and I ended up taking my mom two weeks later which I've, I've never I've never seen like a, a show live twice like that you know two weeks in a row and um and it was just something that was so powerful it made you look at things differently and I just remember a lot of people you know a lot of people obviously loved it and other people responded you know like oh what is this doing to comedy this that the other thing and yeah, that for me was an example of the kind of work I want to be doing, where you can make people laugh, you can make people really, really laugh, and yet also really question certain things um, and help us in some way advance the conversation. So when some people are like, oh, you know, it's everything's getting so PC, I don't think that's the issue. You know, I think, I think what's the issue is that we're asking people to do more intelligent comedy, you know, comedy that, you know, I'm not against like, you know, dirty jokes or, or certain humor. And I, you know, there's a lot that you could tell me that it's going to take a lot to offend me. Um, but there's some things that just, when you hear it and your head kind of, you go, huh, I think we should think about why we do that. And if there's a more intelligent way, if there's a more clever way to, to get a point across. Cause I think, you know, a dirty joke is good when it's worth it, you know, like something that, that makes you uncomfortable is, is good. And if it's going to be something that, you know, maybe, you know, toes that line of, of, of what is, um, acceptable, I think it really has to, there should be an intention behind it. Like, what is your point? You know, are you bringing us to a better understanding of things? And then there are people that are going to say, oh, it's not what I want. And, you know, my 30 minutes of comedy, which is what some people say about Dietland was that it was too much truth. You know, people didn't want to, you know, sit there and get all these, you know, real things that we're dealing with in front of us. And I just think that the more we do it and the more ways we find to tell stories that are uncomfortable, necessary, um, 
you know, we'll just keep again evolving into into better people, and it'll produce better comedy, better TV shows, um, and better characters. So yeah, in short, um, that was a very long answer, but um, yeah, I think comedy is definitely a fantastic way to tell those stories. Um, and you know, if people don't always like it, you know, that's uh, that's on them. <laughs> Now, I mean, you're sort of talking about um, all these different performing arts and forms of storytelling. Do you think the bar has been raised generally in terms of what audiences expect from performers these days? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, I, because there are so many different mediums and you, we get things very quickly, people can produce things very, very quickly. Um, you know, I can go on my phone right now and, and put something up on Instagram. Um, and so people, you know, they kind of have changed the way they expect to see things, how quickly they expect to see things. I think, I think it's interesting seeing how people are called out on things so quickly. So, um, you know, I'm active on Twitter. And so I see, you know, somebody might do something either on a late show or, you know, something might come up that somebody did, you know, a while back. Um, and it's, it's, you know, kind of suddenly you're, you're in front of almost like a jury of, you know, millions of people. And so people kind of have to, you know, be in conversation with their fans in, to a certain extent. Like, you know, as, as we all know, there are people out there who are trolls and you don't want to ever speak to them because it's not worth your time. Um, but, but I think in a lot of ways, those conversations help us, again, just kind of grow and help us see things in a different way, see experiences that maybe are on our own, teach us to um, show us how to empathize maybe with, you know, if you do something and someone's just like, well, this hit me a certain way. And I'm like, All right, I can... Can understand that. I can appreciate that. Um, I might not agree with that, but it it helps give us ideas for other ways to to perform to get stories across. And yeah, I think I think with everything that's out there, like when somebody gets up, when a performer gets up, when a comedian gets up, I just as a performer myself, I expect a certain um, level of uh, professionalism and a level of uh, being prepared. And I think even people who aren't in the industry, you know, they. They expect you to, to, to do something that's going to make them laugh. It's going to make them think. Um, and maybe they expect sometimes too much because of how quickly everything moves now. Um, but I just think as a, as a performer and a storyteller, you have a responsibility to, to do your work as best as possible and to know that a lot of people are watching now and probably also want to respond to what you're doing. Now I'm going to ask you, this is like the worst comedy segue ever. Now I'm going to ask you some truly silly questions. Um, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we'll just pivot from that thoughtful moment we were having. Fantastic, uh, yes. So so you played Moana. And yes. uh, Diet Land fans all know that everyone had uh, a Disney princess name in Jennifer. And so we asked this question of um, your colleague, Jen Ponton, as well. Who's awesome, yes. She was so delightful. Um, she really is. Because we were asking, you know, if you were picking the Disney princess that you would be named after, who would you have picked? So that's a great question. Um, I always I always resonated with Belle because um, she was a lover of books. Uh, so I kind of always dug Belle. When I read more about Moana, um, I had only seen a little bit because, you know, at this point I'm older. So when Moana came out, I'd only seen a little bit of it. Um, but I... I watched the film after, you know, getting this role and I was just like, I love the character. I love somebody who's an adventurer, you know, who does things her own way, which is, you know, a lot of these characters, but I've loved Moana. And I was just like a, a little bit biased at that point. Cause I'm like, well, that's now my character's name. But yeah, I always have a soft spot in my heart for, for Belle. It's funny. Cause I have a, a niece who saw the live action version and she won't watch the cartoon version. Oh, like she was, I was just like, yeah, I was like, do you, I think she might've seen it once. I think uh, my sister said, but she's just like, yeah, like, so it's funny seeing all these kids now that they're kind of like all about the live action version of everything. 
of like the cartoons were wonderful. Weren't they delightful with this? There's still a singing teacup, right? I think so. I haven't even actually seen the live action one almost just because I'm like, you know, right. I'm standing firm, you know, on the opposite side of my niece, but, uh, but yeah, Belle, uh, was the character that, uh, that I liked. And, uh, yeah, so I'd go with Belle. Great. And, um, one of my favorite scenes in the series, and I, I don't even really know why, is um, when they come back and they've brought like goodies to the bunker. Uh, and yes. everybody's really excited. <laughs> and I thought, okay, in your fantasy bunker, like what do you have in there? Oh my goodness. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I'm trying to think of my own fantasy bunker. Uh, I'm trying to think of my own bunker right now, which is my apartment. Um, <laughs> what do I have in it? Uh, I love, uh, like you're you're talking about like food and drinks and things that you would, you would kind of always have, have ready to go. I mean, well, I always walk around, like I always have a backpack, which I think is a lot of people in in the city these days. Uh, I'm always like on the go. So in my backpack, I always have like my laptop. I always have, um, kind of like this canteen where I'll put like my, uh, my cranberry juice. I love cranberry juice. Um, and, uh, I should be drinking more water. Uh, but I always have uh, definitely my laptop, something to write with notebooks. I always need a lot of pens, even though I have my laptop. Uh, what else did all Sour Patch Kids keep me going? Um, definitely, um, sanitary products, uh, something you don't think about, but it's funny. Cause in that, in that list of things that we kind of dumped on the table, I remember like that was a lot of it. We had like chocolate bars. Um, the crew obviously got all that for us, but it was like, as we were looking through, I was like, yeah, this is something that I would have if I didn't know when I was going to have access to the world again. But yeah, probably just, uh, just everything that's currently in my backpack. Like, I can't even think of a lot of what that is right now. <laughs> I, I like that you could take your bunker on the go. Like, that's commitment. I always think of like, when, even how I dress. Like, I dress in like boots, jeans, and a shirt, and like a leather jacket. Like, I'm always ready to be on the run from I don't know what. Like, there's nothing I'm running from. But I'm just like, <laughs> if I needed to, like, I have everything on me. And maybe, it's, maybe I guess I just thought there's not a lot that I need on me at all times. But but yeah, I think everything I mentioned is is what I need. Uh, sunglasses are helpful, but you wouldn't really need that in a bunker, would you? Because you don't probably get out that much. Uh, but I mean, maybe just to feel cool, you know? Yeah, and it's kind of thing once you're in the bunker, then you realize all the things you probably needed that you didn't get. And that, that would be <laughs> me being like, of course, so I have a list of things I totally forgot. No, that was one of my favorite moments. Did you did you have a favorite moment on set? Uh, there was a bunch. Um Definitely the the scene where we're all uh, in that that kind of sleepover together, the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very cool, just because it was it was well, it was the final scene that we shot together, so it was um, you know, so it was bittersweet in that way. But just having everyone there, and then having all the um, they're called they're extras, but I don't like calling them extras. But it was just the additional Jennifers that all kind of came in that you end up seeing in the shot, and it was just this beautiful moment of of you know all of us kind of symbolically like all of us experiencing the same thing. And at the end of the night, you know, we're all kind of from that same, um, we have that same heartbeat. We're all in it in the same way. And so, and actually shooting it was just very cool. Cause you just spent the whole time really just sleeping. Um, and they kind of just shot you from different angles. And, um, and so, yeah, so, so that scene was definitely cool. Um, the scene when I run in, uh, to let them know that we've kind of been found out. So I have the, the newspaper, um, the newspaper, with the headline, um, that we've been found out that, that was cool. Cause we kept doing that. Um, and there was a couple of times, like I had one job, which is to run in, you know, show the newspaper and be like, you know, we got to go. Like they know, they know what's up. And, uh, and one time I did it and, uh, and I do it. And I just remember seeing all of 
the women's faces, everyone's faces, they're all just looking at me and they all kind of like cock to their heads to the side. And I knew in that moment, I'm like, the newspaper's upside down, isn't it? <laughs> the headline is completely upside down. <laughs> and, as, and as soon as we cut, like everyone, we all just started laughing. And I was like, I had one job and I couldn't pull it off. And like everyone comes up, they're like, what happened? Because they were all like the crew um, and Marty and everybody were way off to the back. They're like, what happened? Because um, all of the camera at that time was on all the girls' faces. So they were just like, what was it that was so fun? I'm like, because I don't know how to do things. Um, so yeah, that was that was a great moment. But in general, all of it, like I've, I've never, been, all the sets, I'm fortunate to say that all the sets I've ever worked on have been, you know, really wonderful experiences with amazing crews. But this one in particular was very special. Um, just shooting with everybody and uh, just the atmosphere and kind of the camaraderie between everybody. I'd never experienced anything like it before. So every day was, was a joy. Oh, that's so wonderful. So now listen, I'm just a couple more questions for you. Uh, so now, um, unfortunately, as, as all of us know, um, the show has now been canceled. Yes. What about that? Yeah. And I didn't know if you wanted to, to make any comment on that. It stinks uh, for a lot of reasons. But on the one hand, I remember, uh, I think because the, you know, the book was so amazing. And I think because, again, you know, the, what, what we're talking about in the show, even though it's, you know, it's always been um, of the moment in this particular kind of, you know, Me Too, Time's Up um, era where everyone's talking about these things. We all felt it was, you know, that this was really something that was going to resonate with audiences. And it did all over the world, which is fantastic. Um, and I'm, you know, we're still, all of us, everybody in the cast is still hearing things from, from fans, people who are just still now discovering the show. Um, you know, season one is, is on Hulu right now. Uh, please watch it. Uh, but in different parts of the world, it's on, um, all different platforms. Um, and so just because throughout the run of the show, you know, the, the feedback we were getting from fans and also critically. So, uh, in kind of the year end review of, uh, networks and television shows, you know, Dietland, kept coming up is, you know, this was one of um, the most incredible projects of 2018. Um, and fans uh, kept saying, this is what I, what I kept hearing, which, which to, to me was just so wonderful was this idea of, uh, I have never seen anything like this on TV before. I have never seen myself on TV before. I have never seen a scene like this, a scene like that. And there was things that when we shot or, you know, episodes that I wasn't in um, when I was watching that to me, maybe, you know, it was great, but it didn't, it didn't hit home so much because it, I didn't necessarily see myself reflected in it. And when I was hearing other people, I was having, you know, friends from my life who were reaching out to me and they were just like, you know, this had me in tears. You know, I was watching myself for the very first time on national TV and I'm like, that's, that's incredible. So when I heard about the cancellation, um, that was the first thing I thought of was all these people that were so excited, all these wonderful fans um, who were so excited about seeing where Plum was going to go in the next um, next installment. And suddenly it was just like, no. Um, and so then it was a question of, you know, I remember when I was, when I, when I got the, the official news that it was canceled, I was in the middle of doing another one of those wonderful self tapes. And, uh, it was, that's why you should never like check your phone when you're either, you know, doing a play or doing anything <laughs> of importance, um, because you'll just kind of get taken out of it. But I got this update that it was canceled and I was like, ah, and, um, my guy who, uh, in his studio who does all my self tapes, he's wonderful. Um, his name is Paul. And uh, he was, he asked me about the show and I told him kind of, I gave him a synopsis about everything. And then he just looked at me and he goes, well, that sounds like, like it was a lot of truth. It sounds like there was a lot in there and, mm -hmm. and people got scared. And I was just like, yeah. And it kind of made me, I had to sit down for a moment. I was just like, yeah. Um, 
and I know that, you know, the network, I think the, that the ratings weren't like, you know, out of this world, but they were definitely good ratings. I mean, the, the reviews were amazing. And again, the feedback from fans and was really what, what made me feel like, how can this not continue? So, yeah. So, and it made me wonder too, like I, I was hearing a lot of conversations about, you know, other shows and other, you know, vehicles when it's a male protagonist, how it's given a second opportunity. It's this idea of, um, you know, men seem to be able to fail upward uh, more regularly than women. So it was just like, you know, so if ratings weren't necessarily where they had wanted them to be, um, you know, this is a show that has stories to tell. And it was just, yeah, so it's still a little bit like, ah, but especially too, because it happened, you know, it happened right as everything was happening with the um, Supreme Court hearings uh, and all of that um, wonderful chaos was was happening on screen in front of us. And it was interesting because um, in one respect, we were just like, you know, it's so infuriating that Dietland was canceled in the middle of this, you know, um, when we're watching, you know, on display what it's like to, to see a woman being judged for, you know, for her behavior, for, you know, not being angry enough or not being sad enough. Um, and of course, we're talking about the, the Kavanaugh hearings and you're seeing a man who's able to, to be angry, to be sad and to be this and to be that without having that, you know, negatively impact uh, how people see him or his career um, trajectory. So, so there was, it was it was nice to see a lot of people saying you know Jennifer lives, um, which is kind of the, you know the 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 rallying cry which uh, which I think will will definitely carry on. Um, it lives on in my heart. Um, but this idea that you know we we realize that in a lot of ways, women you know have this battle that we're that we're facing, but we know it. We've known it. Uh, I knew it since I was I was a little girl. That you know it's just uh, there's things that we're going to have to battle, and there's ways that we're going to be perceived that we just have to kind of continue to fight back. It's, it's not something that's just going to get fixed overnight. And, uh, and yeah, so it was, it was interesting that it happened at that time. Uh, I think that everyone on this project, Marty Noxon, uh, Joy Nash, Jen, um, everybody who's been on this project has been amazing and, you know, they're going to, we're going to all go on to do amazing things. And I still, you know, have hopes that Dietland in some form will, um, will find, uh, will find a new home. We'll find a new, uh, kind of version of itself. Um, but yeah, it told a lot of stories. And like I said, if you haven't read the book, um, Dietland is, is amazing. And, uh, you know, please, please read it. Uh, what else did I want to say? Oh, about the series, right. There's some people who are saying, you know, that it dealt with this and it dealt with that. And some people who had, who took issues with certain, uh, certain things that characters would do certain directions that they took, um, that their characters took in the show. And I just wanted to say that I think that's, that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing that you can see a show like this that that is so forward thinking, that is putting things on screen that we've never seen on screen before, and making you question, making you have uh, discussions in a way that you know we can kind of come to some understanding. So I think sometimes you know certain people wanted to, and I've read obviously a lot of uh, what people were saying about the show, and you know in in certain circles they were just like, oh, I can't believe that the book had this happen with this particular set of characters. That's why I don't want to necessarily watch the show, and I'm like, that's crazy. Um, because, you know, it's, it's a conversation, you know, uh, intersectional feminism is complicated. Life is complicated. You know, the lives of men and women, it's a complicated thing. Um, so obviously the conversations we have are going to, you know, kind of get, um, under our skin and, and we should have those conversations to be able to, to move on to, to something better. Uh, and so, uh, I was really happy with everything the show did, um, and the characters it introduced and, like I said, I, I I couldn't be more honored to have been given a, a place on the show and to have met the people I did working on it. 
We are all sad that we're not going to see you in that format anymore, but I know speaking of moving on to other great things that you've got a couple of projects in the works right now. Yeah, so I'm working on uh, a film project that uh, we're doing later this month. Um, Can't talk too much about it right now because the script is still being worked on, but it definitely uh, speaks to, you know, the movements that are happening right now, the women that are speaking out and the men as well. Um, Men and women um, who have either experienced um, abuse, have experienced depression, have experienced um, things where when they come out and tell their stories, people don't necessarily believe them because of our preconceived notions. Um, so it's a it's a project that um, we're working on on finishing the script, and they brought me along to the project to um, to to be an actor in it. Um, very excited because what I want to do is collaborate with people who you know want to shake things up, and I want to tell stories that matter. Um, so hopefully that's gonna we're gonna get that off the ground in a couple of weeks, and then I'll be able to tell you guys more about it. You know, follow me on my social media. Um, and the people I'm working with are really uh, fantastic. It's an international um, crew, which is which is always lovely. Um, and then I also have a, a series of essays that I've been talking about for a while, and that's finally ready to to come out very soon. Um, and it's called Girl with Short Hair. Um, and you can, you can check it out uh, again, if you follow me on my social media, uh, but it's also girlwithshorthair.com. And it's a series of essays, uh, basically talking about my experiences, uh, in life, um, as for the most part, always having been a girl with short hair, um, and how, you know, the world has, has viewed me, the, the questions it's made me ask about myself. It's interesting how, um, with something that to me was always just kind of the way I wanted, when I was little, I was just like short hair works with my face. Um, and so seeing people that were just like, you know, well, girls don't have short hair. Uh, that to me was, was always something like, well, that's not right. Um, and as I got older, I just kind of realized, well, that never, that never changed people, you know, now obviously we see a lot of girls with short hair, but there's still kind of this, um, stereotype that if you have short hair that says something about you or that puts you in a box or even as an actor, um, I joke that, you know, casting directors always don't necessarily know what to do with me because they're like, she's, she, you know, dresses like this. She has hair like this. She does this. She says this. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't fit in a box. Uh, I don't think anyone should fit in a box. Um, I think people who fit in boxes are boring. Uh, so girl with short hair is just kind of a series of essays that I hope resonates with a lot of people and just people who may be growing up, um, and throughout their lives, they aren't necessarily what somebody expects just because of the way they look or first impressions. Um, so, and it's also going to be humorous because it talks about a lot of the experiences that I've had growing up. And so I want people to check out uh, yeah, girl with short hair. And hopefully that comes up that starts coming out really, really soon. Well, congratulations. That's so exciting. Thank you. And now where can people find you on the uh, the interwebs? Sure. So uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my, my handle is MC Navia. And then on Twitter, uh, it's Melissa C Navia. So uh, that C is my middle initial. Um, and yeah, girl with short hair.com. You can, you know, Google me. I have a website. And yeah, but I'm pretty active on social media. And so I'll let you know about upcoming projects and things. And I'll definitely keep you up to date with, you know, things that Dietland people are doing. And yeah, so please follow me and, and, you know, help give me ideas about things you want me to work on and stories that, that maybe need telling that I can in some way help, you know, get out to the world. Well, listen, you've been such a delight to talk to you today. Thank you so much for your time, Melissa. Awesome. Thank you guys. And I hope to be hearing more of your podcast soon. Thanks so much.